Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. I'm glad to see you've returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a curious item for you to look at. If you'll notice here on the wall, we have an old sign, wooden in nature, painted. A sign not unlike one you would see as you enter any quaint hamlet in rural United States. And if you look through the faded paints and the bird marks that sins the borders of this sign, you'll notice it says, Welcome to Raccoon City. Now, according to urban legend, this city met its untimely demise due to a gas leak and an explosion. But even deeper into the conspiracy, one might even say that the explosion in Raccoon City was of the nuclear kind. But never fear, all's well that ends well, so to speak. Because there is a new Raccoon City, a community that has been built and thrives in South Africa. And the denizens of this corporate construct are the subjects of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at the new Netflix series, Resident Evil. So Resident Evil is probably one of the more popular video game series, the more popular first-person shooter games that, that came out in the 90s. The video game series has seen uh, several sequels and offshoots and remakes and, you know, has been going strong for pushing 30 years. I mean, uh, the first Resident Evil came out in 1996. They've got the Resident Evil 4 uh, in the remake of the game series coming out next year in 2023. So, yeah, we're pushing 30 years of this game. And, of course, not only have we had the video game series, but we've also had the Paul W.S. Anderson series of Resident Evil movies. And, of course, those movies have kind of been bittersweet. They've got a big fan base. They're quite popular. But for the fans, the hardcore fans of the video game series, the Resident Evil movies didn't really connect because it really didn't feel like a representation of the video game. Uh, the Alice character, if I'm not mistaken, not in the video game, uh, they did have some of the characters from the video game series show up as the movie franchise progressed, but still, it just wasn't enough for the, for the hardcore fans of the story and the characters of Resident Evil. Now, they did come out with the new... Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, which came out uh, last year. But there again, while this movie paid closer attention to the characters from the video game and had them front and center, it had a lot of set pieces that felt like it was right out of the video game. It still kind of fell flat in a lot of areas. Where the original Resident Evil film series kind of felt like, hey, what would happen if we took Laura Croft and put her in a Resident Evil video game. That's kind of what that felt like with Mila Jovovich. The Welcome to Raccoon City Resident Evil felt more true to the game in essence, but it just, like I said, just kind of fell flat with how they treated some of the characters, uh, very much beloved characters. So needless to say, we haven't really had like the great adaptation and, and 
adaptations of video games are always tricky. There's so few that get it right. And even the ones that I, I feel do get it right, at least as far as a, a TV series or a movie, still have some shortcomings when it comes to being an accurate adaptation of the video game. So when Netflix said they were coming out with a Resident Evil series, I thought, okay, here's a chance. We can we can finally get like a definitive adaptation of Resident Evil. I think doing it in a series, uh, whether it's a long-standing series, I mean, with with this video game series, there are so many sequels to it that you have a lot of content. You have a lot of places you can go with it. So it could be a, a great series, or even if they just did a limited series. But I thought a series was the way to go with this. And it probably could have been if they had even tried to make an adaptation of the video games. Now, I will admittedly say that I didn't know a lot about the storyline going into this Resident Evil series on Netflix. Uh, I really hadn't read a lot. I didn't want to have my my opinion of it tainted by learning too much about the series before the series actually came out. I do know uh, there was a lot of hubbub about Lance Riddick being cast as the Albert Wesker character who you know a lot of fans a lot of hardcore fans they weren't happy with the race swap I I didn't mind the race swap it is kind of and and I know it wasn't intentional irony Uh, that's the sad thing there's a lot of ironic things in this Resident Evil series that I I don't think was intentionally ironic but the Albert Wesker character in the video games, tall, blonde, very Aryan looking, uh, wants to create a master race of superhuman enhanced human beings, uh, create the next phase of evolution, and uh, very much reminiscent of uh, Nazi Germany and the Third Reich, that sort of thing. So to have a, a black man playing that character, there's a there's a bit of irony there that I don't think was intentional. But to me, I didn't that didn't bother me. The race swap didn't bother me uh, because one, Lance Riddick is an exceptional actor, and he was like one of the bright spots acting wise. He was one of the bright spots of this series, which had kind of so-so acting in it. But we'll get into Lance Reddick's, uh, his portrayal and the this version of the Albert Wesker character when we, when we talk a little more about the characters. But I started watching this and right off the bat, I'm like, one, there was a red flag that hit me right off the bat because you had a young girl with a Billie Eilish looking hairdo listening literally listening to Billie Eilish and that was a red flag for me right there I'm like oh shit we're in for some rocky roads here and not the delicious ice cream I'm not a big Billie Eilish fan uh usually refer to as blinky eyelash or beanie eyelash take your pick but <laughs> I knew when you had the Billie Eilish looking girl uh listening to Billie Eilish I was like oh Jesus, this is gonna be an annoying adaptation. And I, I wasn't 100% wrong on that. But that aside, you know you know right off the bat that this isn't the Resident Evil that we know from the video games. Or even remotely close to the Resident Evil we know from the Paul W.S. Anderson films. There's no Chris Redfield. There's no Claire Redfield. No Jill Valentine. No Rebecca Chambers. No Leon Kennedy. I mean, all of these iconic characters from the video game series. 
not in there. And then we get Albert Wesker, who is a dad with two teenage daughters. And didn't he die in like the last video game of the regular series before they started doing the remakes? And they're moving to New Raccoon City. Because, yeah, Raccoon City was nuked in the video games. What the hell is going on here? Uh, this is not the Resident Evil I know. And right off the bat, this is going to be very spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen this, uh, you're probably not going to want to listen to it. If you don't mind spoilers like me, I, I'm if something's good, spoilers aren't going to ruin it for me. If it's that damn good, spoilers aren't going to make or break whether I watch something or not. But if you don't like spoilers, go watch the series and then come back and listen to my take on it. You may agree, you may not agree, but this is essentially a sequel to the Resident Evil video game series. The events of Raccoon City all happened. Raccoon City was nuked. Umbrella has taken operations to South Africa and created a new raccoon city, which is kind of like a one of those corporate communities where everybody that works for the corporation all live in this like suburban community. Uh, all their shopping and entertainment needs are provided within this secluded community. They're working on a new wonder drug called Joy. It's supposed to be a super antidepressant, but it still uses a bit of the T-virus that caused the events of the original Resident Evil video games. And ridiculous amounts of it can cause the same results as the <laughs> outbreak in the original Resident Evil games. Dr. Albert Wesker is responsible for the research on this and the development of this. And he understands that the wrong doses can result in the events of the original Resident Evil video game series. And he's trying to come up with a an antidote for this. Which you're saying to yourself, this is not the Albert Wesker of the video games. And you would be right to a degree. So I'm going to start off talking about uh, Lance Reddick as Albert Wesker. Because one, I thought this was one of the more interesting characters in a series that didn't have a lot of interesting characters didn't have a lot of likable characters but the albert wesker in this was was interesting he had a story that made you wonder what was going on and they kind of do this well they don't kind of do it they do this series on two timelines you've got the present day timeline which is 2036 You've got our main protagonist, uh, Jade Wesker, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, is out doing research on zombies in this barren wasteland that is London. So we've got this future timeline in 2036. Then you've got the past timeline, which would be our present day, 2022. And we'll kind of talk about the two timelines separately. Uh, we'll kind of talk about the actors who portrayed th these different timeline versions of these characters separately. So we're going to start with the 2022 timeline. You've got Albert Wesker, who's raising these two teenage girls. He's trying to balance that with his heavy workload with Umbrella. He's got a boss, Evelyn Marcus, played by uh, Paulo Nunez, uh, who is, is constantly on him to to do whatever he's doing. And they're kind of at odds at sometimes because this Albert Wesker, while he does have moments where you can kind of see the Albert Wesker of the video games show through, this Albert Wesker is a good guy just trying to be a good dad, essentially to two ingrateful 
14-year-old girls. You know, they moved to this new city. They moved to this whole new town. And the girls are just being horrible, especially the Jade character, who is just absolutely reprehensible in the first part of this series. And even the Billy character, her fraternal twin sister, uh, she starts out a little sympathetic, but then even she becomes just insufferable. These two ingrateful kids that just say the worst things to their father. And it really, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be a wink to kids these days, that sort of thing. But you've got this dad putting up with those insufferable kids. And when they get into trouble, they go to Umbrella and Billy gets bitten by a Cerberus the zombie dog from the video game series. And they had a lot of these little nods to the video game series. You had the Cerberus, you had the uh, Lickers, you had Lisa Trevor, Dr. Salvador. But they spend the bulk of this timeline, uh, 2022, with the Billy character. She's been bit by the, the zombie dog. And is she going to turn into a zombie? And just a lot of self-loathing and a lot of them, these two teenage girls being horrible to their dad. Uh, secrets from the dad. Uh, you know, secrets never end up well in any family dynamic. Dr. Wesker finally comes clean to his daughters about what happened with, with Raccoon City. And we find out, uh, long story short, again, there's just not a lot that really was that compelling in this. But long story short, we have a flashback to, I believe, 2005. We see video game Albert Wesker, played by Lance Reddick, uh, in the full, like, full leather head-to-toe, big, long, black leather trench coat, uh, kind of a grade-A asshole, dickhead, violent, you know, all the things we come to know from this this main antagonist of this series, uh, we see a glimpse of that, but we find out that he's cloned himself and there are varying versions of Albert Wesker. There's an Albie that ends up being killed. There's Bert, who's kind of a weird character, very naive, very simple, almost childlike, uh, who we end up seeing later on in the series. And then there's the Dr. Albert Wesker that we find in this series. That is the father to these two daughters. And of course, the Albert Wesker of the video games died in the volcano and is no longer no longer there. But we have this version of Albert Wesker, who is nothing like the Albert Wesker from the video game series, just in name only. Although we do see some like some glimpses of that in him uh, when he's having that meeting where the bully is picking on Billy at school and the, the father of the, the girl bully is threatening to, to sue the school and sue Billy Albert Wesker comes in and goes full dad mode and very much a superior in the uh, umbrella organization, just kind of dressing down this guy and and being very, uh, very sinister about it. You have a moment where he's kind of revealing things to the girls and trying to get them to leave and then they don't want to go and he's goes into Albert Wesker, the video game mode, and and says some things. Of course, he ends up getting uh, waffled 
by a steel something in the back of the head for his troubles and knocked out. But you see glimpses of the Albert Wesker from the video game. But for the most part, this is a, a decent guy. And he's had these two girls uh, from donor eggs and his own seed and had a surrogate mother uh, birth these two girls. So they're, they're half twins in the technical sense. It's really, I don't know why they felt the need to do this other than uh, he made them and genetically modified them to help keep him being a clone. His body's deteriorating and their blood can help keep him alive. And I have to think there are some other things because the Billy character is resistant to the T-virus uh, when she's bit by the Cerberus dog. There's something going on there. There's something we'll talk about with Jada's daughter in the 2036 timeline that all kind of ties into the zombies and a really stupid part of the story. I'll, I'll give you that, but we'll talk about that when we talk about these two characters coming up in that timeline. But I really liked Lance Reddick as the Albert Wesker character. It would have been neat to see him more as the the Albert Wesker from the video games uh, in that kind of role because the little glimpse we got, he looked like he did a good job with that. He did a great job with all of the uh, rest of the versions of Albert Wesker. I like him as an actor. Uh, Lance Reddick, I think, is a strong actor and in a series that really had a lot of so-so eh, acting in it, he was a bright spot. He really was captivating on the screen. If anybody you cared about in this, it was kind of him because he gave you some reason to be interested in the character, interested in who he is, what his backstory was, how he uh, came to be where he is as this Albert Wesker character that we know, but it's not the same. I was interested in that. I was invested in that. Uh, some of the other characters, not so much. Like I said, the two girls, Jade and Billy Wesker. And, and it's not a reflection on the actresses. Uh, Tamara Smart played a young Jade Wesker. Sienna, I, I'm probably butchering her last name, but Sienna Agudong played a young Billy Wesker. And the two actresses are, are fine young actresses. I, I mean, are they these Academy Award winning performances? No, but they did okay. I just think the writing was probably one of the weakest aspects of this series. And some of the weakest writing was the dialogue between the two sisters, whether it's them as teenagers or them as adults in the 2036 timeline. Just the, the dialogue between these two sisters was just absolutely atrocious at times. It felt like, especially when they're teenagers, it felt like an older person trying to write dialogue, how they think Gen Z speaks and just the way they talk to each other and the way they talk to other people and just the horrible attitudes both of these had I, I don't know whether that was supposed to be a reflection on gen z or if it was just shitty writing but it wasn't enjoyable and it didn't make you like either one of these characters by the time the jade character turned a corner and was being a little less self-absorbed even though most everything she does feels very self-absorbed this is a very very much a character, and and the Billy character even points it out that she, it's all about her. And it doesn't really change from the 2022 timeline to the 2036 timeline. Uh, the Jade character just does whatever she wants 
to advance what she's after. And by the time she starts acting a little less like a bee, uh, you already don't care about this character. The Billy character starts out kind of kind of sympathetic. She's moving to a new school. She had problems at her old school. People thought she was a psycho for some reason. She had this irrational fear that everyone would think she was psycho at this new school for some reason. And then she starts acting, like doing stupid things. And all because her sister said she's not fun anymore and she's not a daredevil anymore or not a rebel or what have you. It just seemed all very contrived. And then she starts doing things, taking risks, and becomes as big of a bitch as her sister in this. And then at that point, both of these characters are just annoying. You've got Jade, who's angry all the time, Billy, who's woe is me all the time, and it these two characters just were so insufferable that it, it made me want to watch neither one of them. Like I said, that is not a reflection on the actresses. I think the actresses did a good job with what they were given. I just don't think they were uh, given much as far as like a compelling storyline, uh, compelling characters, likable characters. And I hope that doesn't reflect on them because I thought they both did a really good job. But you spend your whole time with them. Uh, Billy, uh, is she sick? Is she not sick? Jade trying to uncover this mystery of what happened to her sister. What happened to Raccoon City? What's going on with Umbrella? What are they doing behind the scenes? She comes across a lot of stuff very conveniently for a 14-year-old girl. And having her 14-year-old sort of boyfriend... Uh, who's obviously a hacker helping her out it just it all was very convenient and a lot of times felt like a a female version of a hardy boys mystery and then you have this this whole thing in the 2036 timeline where older jade is upset with older billy because of that night she keeps on referring to that night and what she did and here and in, in you know once you get infected you totally change and the only thing that they showed in the big climax of the 2022 timeline is that Billy, she, it's really weird how they do it. In some, for the most part, uh, she's been bitten by this dog, this zombie dog. She's fine. But then she has these flashes where she reverts to a bit of a zombie state and she ends up biting Jade's boyfriend and... He ends up dying as a result because his mother shoots him. And we'll get to her in a minute. But uh, that's the only thing. And and I, I don't, it just didn't make any sense for why Jade would be holding that against Billy all these years later when Billy wasn't in control of herself. Now, obviously, because she becomes who she becomes in 2036, uh, there's some problems there. Maybe we haven't seen the whole story, but uh, that just felt kind of anticlimactic for this big why they've got this rift between them as sisters in 2036. Uh, it just didn't really make any sense. And we see them at the very end, you know, their father sacrifices himself, leaves them with Bert, the other clone of Albert Wesker. But before he, he sacrifices himself, uh, their father, Albert Wesker, uh, gives him a note to go see Ada Wong, uh, who is a character from the original video games so there a, 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 another tie-in is the character going to be anything like 
the character from the video games? Probably not. But who knows? Well, I guess we'll have to see if this does get a second season. And of course, another character, Evelyn Marcus, she's kind of the head of Umbrella, uh, played by Paulo Nunez, and she really did a good job. She was another one of the actors, like Lance Reddick, who really did a good job. I, it wasn't a great job, but she played the antagonist quite well. Uh, she played a villain well. She was very much, uh, you felt the menace of this character. You felt the weight of power that this character wielded as the CEO or the head of this company that almost has its own like military with their security force. She feels dangerous because of the willingness to do unscrupulous things. Uh, the joy, this drug that they're putting out that is a kind of a an anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication. Also, if given in the right doses, can make a person who's taking it uh, subjective to mind control. Uh, she's excited about that and wants to market that. You know, and that's that's the problem with the old umbrella is they were doing things, creating the T virus as a, a biological weapon. And while she's trying to, uh, or at least on the surface, saying that. Uh, this is a, a new umbrella and they're trying to help humanity. And I think in some regards, she really does. There is always that big corporate nefarious nature of monetizing everything and anything that that she kind of plays that sinister nature quite well and felt like a very uh, formidable antagonist and villain in this series so i really enjoyed her performance as the evelyn marcus character at least in the 2022 timeline in 2036 things are a little different so in 2022 we haven't reached the full outbreak of this t-virus but we know that it does happen. There's another outbreak. And in 2036, we get this kind of post-apocalyptic world that we never really got. I mean, we got in some of the later Resident Evil incarnations, or Resident Evil apocalypse, stuff like that. But the early Resident Evil, uh, it was really just this virus outbreak contained to Raccoon City, contained to a, a smaller region. And then I, it kind of grew as the as the virus uh, or as the games went on. But this, uh, they've gone full zombie apocalypse. And that really made it kind of feel like, ah, oh, Jesus, I've seen this before. I've seen this on The Walking Dead. But we find an older version of Jade Wesker, played by Ella Belinska. She's out doing research. She has a run-in with some uh, survivors that aren't staying in the uh, umbrella green zones. And we find out that she is wanted by Umbrella. And we pretty much spend the whole 2036 with her being chased, being captured, escaping, being captured again, escaping, being captured again. It was just a series of, of that with her being on the run. We do find out she has a husband and daughter. At first, it's like, oh, you know, they, they must be just back home. But uh, we find out later that they're on a ship out in the ocean with other survivors. Uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about that when we get to that point in the timeline. But but this whole time, Umbrella is after her. They're chasing her. They want her because the the Billy character, the adult Billy, played by Adeline Rudolph, is a part of Umbrella now. And it's in this timeline that we get 
some of the cool references to the video game series. This is where we get the the liquor scene. There's a scene with the liquors in the the tunnel. You also get uh, when they get across the tunnel. She's taken in by the Brotherhoods, this group of people that are uh, more like religious zealots. Uh, they believe the zombie apocalypse is, is from God and it is essentially separating the wheat from the chafe. But it's with this scene with the Brotherhood that we get the Dr. Salvador, the guy with the uh, the burlap sack and the chainsaw. It's also with that scene with the Brotherhood that we get a really stupid aspect of this series that I, I don't recall this being in the video games. I may be wrong on this, but if it is, it's stupid uh, because I didn't play all the video games. But there is this... A female zombie. She's got this big, looks like a big goiter on her neck. Uh, this big growth. And she screams and the zombies all react. Uh, they either stop doing what they're doing or they start doing what they're doing. And this is something that is of interest to Jade because she's, uh, she's doing this research on the zombies when we first meet her. Because she feels that the zombies could be evolving, or at least the virus in them could be evolving and starting to restore higher brain function. And, and there's a whole big thing at the beginning where they explain the T-virus, they explain this zombie virus as they're not, the, the people infected by it aren't dead. They're not actually zombies because uh, they're not dead and they can be reverted back. To normal i'm guessing uh, also the way it treats animals is it just makes them big and violent and with growths and whatnot uh not that they're they they don't die they don't become zombies which is ridiculous because we see the cerberus uh in the in the 2022 timeline and it is very much a zombie dog with rotting flesh uh, but a lot of the other stuff we see in in 2036 like we see a giant spider we see a giant crocodile we see a giant caterpillar and not that giant creatures aren't a part of the the game series uh, i mean there's giant worms and stuff like that but some of it got a little ridiculous and it just pissed me off that they're screwing around with the lore of what makes zombies zombies in the resident evil universe but Jade chops the head off this queen, as they call it, and take it with her when she finally gets to where she's going, this place called the University, which is actually this boat with a bunch of survivors and researchers, and they collect art and literature and all the things of the old world. So uh, once humanity and civilization can start to rebuild, uh, we have all these things, art and, and music and, and things of that sort. Now, I don't want to get too far past the the bit with the Brotherhood because ultimately Umbrella and Billy are after Jade to this point. But it is all embodied in this one character named Baxter, played by Turtle Convery. And I have to tell you, this was at first when I saw him, oh, I'm like, oh, this is the big, uh, fat, business suit wearing, slovenly corporate type, uh, a very stereotypical character. But the more we get to see him interact and we really get to see him interact with jade when they are both captured by the brotherhood this is a really interesting character he was a character that i 
actually wanted to learn more about. I really liked the performance from this actor. Again, in a show that didn't have a lot of bright points when it came to actors, uh, you had a couple real standouts. Lance Reddick, Paulo Nunez, Trillo Convery was another one of these. He just it really brought an interesting aspect to this character that I, I quite enjoyed. And the character had a backstory that we only got a little taste of that seemed very interesting. And when he and Jade are escaping, you know, they've been working against each other for so long, but they have to work together to get out of this brotherhood compound. And he goes two guns ablazing and starts kicking ass that you don't see a man of his girth get to kick ass in a show or a movie very much. And me, as somebody that's put on a few pounds more than I'd like to have on me. Uh, it was refreshing to see somebody that I could identify with. You know, the Chris Hemsworths, the Brad Pitts, all the guys out there with the chiseled jaws and the biceps and the pecs and stuff like that. And they're fun to watch, but I, I can't relate to that. I can relate to the Baxter character and to see him kicking ass. Uh, you know, this guy's got a past where he learned to kick ass like this. And it's just a... Uh, a character I want to learn more about. And unfortunately, they killed him. Uh, it just was so disappointing. And they killed him early on. This is like an eight-episode season. They killed him in like episode three, maybe. It was really kind of disappointing because I really liked this character. I liked the portrayal of this character. I wanted to learn more about this character. But alas, uh, Baxter met an untimely demise at the hands of some zombies. But we see Jade finally get to the university, this boat. She's doing research on the head she's found. And it, again, more of this contrived story about having the queen. She finds out that the growth on her neck is a gland. And it secretes these two pheromones, if you will. When uh, mixed with saliva, it kind of aspirates out. And the one tells zombies not to attack and the other tells zombies to attack and the one that tells zombies not to attack is red for stop and the one that tells zombies to attack is green for go and it's just so ridiculous and so it felt like i was a, a being treated like a five-year-old by the writers and the director it just felt kind of insulting the whole premise behind it and the fact that they had to color code them so I know that this is the good one and this is the bad one. Uh, the fact that they even had to do that this is weak writing in my book. And I'll talk about the writing a little bit later. But Billy and Umbrella come to the, the boat. They find them. They put a tracker in something. And we have this big showdown after a lot of shitty dialogue between Billy and Jade about... You left me. You changed after that night. And that night never really culminated with anything for these two to be bickering about. And like I said, the dialogue is just atrocious, uh, atrociously written for these two characters. But Jade drops the green vial of pheromones and all the zombies come rushing. And we have this big you know, zombie shootout. We find out that... That this ship, the university, is towing a big, giant crocodile. That they've used science to to subdue it. 
and make it docile until they press a button, uh, nuclear weapon style with the two keys and everything uh, to unleash it on the umbrella and the zombies until we find out that their daughter, uh, Jade's daughter, uh, has escaped the boat because you know the umbrella's taken it over. She ends up on land and the crocodile is coming after her and she lets out a scream and the crocodile stops and becomes docile uh, until Billy blows it up with a rocket. But it's just a, a lot of cheapness. You know, they introduce this idea of a queen that can control the zombies with her scream because of pheromones. And now we've got Jade's daughter. Uh, you know, Jade was biologically engineered. Something with that probably happened in her daughter to make her have the same power as the queen. It's all just kind of silly and felt a little bit forced and stupid. I just didn't care for that one bit. And then like the one really imposing villain, uh, the Evelyn Marcus character, uh, they had her. She was who we thought was heading the attack of Umbrella on the university. Here we find out that she has had... Uh, some sort of control taken over her because of the joy drug. Anyway, she's not even control of herself. They do this stupid scene where she starts singing show tunes and doing a can-can dance because she's being controlled by Billy. So you take your most formidable antagonist, your most formidable villain, the Evelyn Marcus character, and you essentially neuter her, you yank all of her teeth. Now she is just a puppet for Billy, who is about as intimidating and imposing and as menacing as a sack of puppies. So you took the best villain this, this series had and you wrecked it and made the big bad of this series a character that is not very intimidating, not very imposing. Actually, the way this character is written, they wrote the Jade and Billy characters as adults, just like they wrote them as 14-year-old girls, and quite annoying, and neither one of them is terribly likable. So all in all, if you can't guess, I wasn't a big fan of Netflix's Resident Evil. I just thought it was a cheap way to use the Resident Evil IP and do whatever the hell they wanted. This is what it feels like it happened. You had somebody that had an idea for a zombie apocalypse movie, this zombie series. They knew it was just going to blend in with all the other zombie things out there. Z Nation, uh, Walking Dead, just 15 billion, you know, World War Z has been out for a very long time, but it still it felt like a very much uh, like a ripoff of that as well. You had this idea for a zombie series, but you knew it wasn't going to catch anybody's attention. So you bought the rights to Resident Evil. They gave it to them because this wasn't going to be a remake of the of the franchise. It wasn't going to be a reboot of the franchise because they've already got that going on with Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, this was going to be a sequel and it was just going to use some of the names and some of the imagery and not even do it that well. So I'm sure they were, they were fine with that. I'm sure they got a pretty penny out of that. The Resident Evil people that is. Uh, so you have this, this show that uh, they kind of retrofit a lot of the Resident Evil stuff and a couple of the characters in 
and it has really nothing to do with Resident Evil except in name only and a few various references that at many times felt shoehorned in or unnecessary at all. And it certainly didn't match the Resident Evil video game series tonally because not once was there anything resembling horror or resembling anything scary. But all that aside, even for the sheer fact that this was called Resident Evil and bared no real resemblance to Resident Evil. I mean, Resident Evil, if you played the game, you know, it was walking through the mansion and dark and, and you hear things and then all of a sudden a zombie pops out in front of you. You know, you got none of that. They did one scene where they tried to do that. Uh, they did it in, in the Halo series where they gave you the point of view from inside the helmet of of Master Chief and it looked like how things were in the game when in that first person shooter they did a scene like that where there's been an explosion and Jade is kind of confused and her eyesight's kind of blurry there's and and you get this POV shot of her walking around and then all of a sudden a zombie pops out in front of her it was a cheap reference to the game Halo did that much better was there was much more reason for it in the Halo series. There was no reason for it in this other than, like I said, just a cheap reference to the first-person shooter style of the, the original Resident Evil games. But aside from the fact that it had nothing to do with Resident Evil, one, this was horribly written. Uh, you had some characters that were written well. Uh, I think the Albert Wesker character, I think Lance Riddick, his character... Uh, was was written fairly well, and he performed it quite well. Uh, the Evelyn Marcus, I, I liked how she was written. I liked her dialogue. It felt real. Uh, it felt compelling. Uh, Paulo Nunez uh, did a great job with that. Uh, the two girls were just horribly written as characters and the dialogue. It was just... Like I said, I've used the word insufferable with these two. <laughs> and as, as teenagers and adults, this the dialogue between these two characters made, just made them insufferable. Uh, there's no other word for it. I'm sure there is, uh, but I'd have to look up the thesaurus to see uh, see what I can find. But the, the writing was just bad. And a lot of the things they did that kind of veered away from the traditional Resident Evil lore was stupid. Making most animals that were infected by this virus giant, except for the dog, was kind of silly. Making them not zombies. They're not really dead. They're just infected, uh, but they they look dead. But they're not dead. That that was stupid. That was I, it, it's. I'm sure to further some plot point down the road, doing the thing with the queen and then the little girl having that same power as the queen uh, where she can control him with her scream is stupid. I, I just didn't buy it. I didn't enjoy it. And the special effects weren't that great. You know, you had some instances with CG fire that looked cheap. The Cerberus looked... I mean, like the design looked good. I mean, the Cerberus dog looked good. Uh, the liquor looked good, but as far as a creature design, but the CG was just horrible in some parts. I mean, there were other parts where it was okay, but but for the most part, a lot of the CG was just wonky and they didn't look real. I'm like, I've seen some people commenting on this, saying, "Oh, the CG is great." I'm like, "Have you ever seen a movie with good CG?" Because if you think 
Resident Evil, the series CG is great. Wow, you're going to be blown away by shit like Lord of the Rings and, and stuff like that. Even at 25 years old, some of that CG is a lot better than the CG that we, we see in this Resident Evil series. And honestly, the zombies didn't look that good. I mean, uh, half of them looked like they were wearing a, a mask that they got at the uh, Halloween spirit store. And the other half of them looked like somebody just slapped some sort of cut prosthetic on their cheek and used some makeup to make them have a, a pale pallor to their face. It just, it, it, you know, when you've seen The Walking Dead and for all its warts and for all the complaints people have about The Walking Dead, Greg Nicotero and KNB, they do a fantastic job with the special effects of these zombies on that show. The design, the execution of the uh, the makeup and, and the prosthetics and things like that. It, it's spectacular. They've set the bar. They've raised the bar and set the bar uh, there on The Walking Dead. And this didn't even come close. Uh, you know, if this was a limbo competition, they wouldn't even had to bend over. They could have just walked right under the stick. So yeah, I just didn't, I didn't like this because I just didn't care about any of the characters. And the characters I did care about, they, they used either killed them or yeah they killed they killed the two characters that i liked the dr albert wesker that was jade and billy's father and the baxter character and while i didn't really care about the evelyn marcus character it was a compelling character that they completely neutered because of this you know this whole idea that she's a puppet of of billy <laughs> and the billy character i was talking about the irony of them casting a black man as the albert wesker and the albert wesker in the video games uh, has some very aryan nation feeling vibes about him uh, the billy character i found it quite funny uh, she's a vegan and you know, I, I don't have any, you know, I'm not a vegan, but I don't begrudge anybody that is. I, I think sometimes vegans can be a little, and vegetarians can be a little pushy about their uh, beliefs on, on eating animals. Uh, and this character is to a degree, but she's vegan. Uh, she's going into Umbrella with her sister to free some bunny rabbits. Uh, she finds a dog that she tries to rescue, which happens to be the Cerberus, and gets bitten by this this animal that she's trying to save. I also find it funny that she's vegan, doesn't eat meat, and as a zombie that she kind of slips in and out of, which is ridiculous and stupid as well. But, you know, a lot of this series doesn't make sense but as a zombie she wants to eat humans which is meat and i know the irony in that is not on purpose uh they didn't mean for that to be ironic they just didn't i just felt like they weren't very good at writing so but the irony on that is just uh it makes me laugh but not a very good series uh, so much so you know i've had some series that i'm like eh, it was okay I'll see how the second season goes. Uh, this, I don't even care about the second season. I don't even know if I'll watch the second season. If they get a second season, which I'll be surprised. I mean, if they give this a second season and they didn't give Archive 81 a second season, uh, there's something wrong with Netflix and there's something wrong with the world. But if they do give this a second season, I'll, well, I'll reserve judgment as to whether I'm going to watch it and talk about it uh, until that time. But I, I would be surprised if this gets a second season. And we'll yet again go back to waiting to see an adequate uh, adaptation of Resident Evil 
on the big or the small screen. So there you have it. That's my views on Resident Evil, the series on Netflix. I, I did not like it at all. If you liked it, that's fine. You know, it's, we have differing opinions. Uh, if you didn't like it like me, then, you know, like I said, we'll just have to find something else. Keep waiting for that uh, definitive Resident Evil uh, series to come out. But I want to thank everyone for tuning in, listening to my thoughts. And uh, I do have to mention, I was going to mention this earlier and I forgot. So before we uh, wrap up this episode, I do want to mention that today is the one-year anniversary for Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. It was one year ago today that I uh, opened the doors to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. And I want to thank everyone for uh, for tuning in. If you've been listening since the first episode, I, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you because I don't make any money doing this. I just do this because I love genre, horror, fantasy, and science fiction. And the fact that you would give two shits about my thoughts for the past year is is humbling. Uh, if you've just found the podcast, I, I want to thank you. I hopefully will continue to, to make this show better and better. Always trying to learn from my mistakes and and become a better podcaster. So I want to thank you for, for taking the time to listen to what I have to say. And whether it's been just recently or for the past year, but really excited to have been doing this for a year and hopefully many more years to come. So check out everything that's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook. We're always posting trailers to the different uh, series and movies out there, as well as sharing uh, our thoughts and comments and various articles that we find all over the internet. Uh, no matter where you listen to this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it, uh, download it, like it, review it. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you give us would be greatly appreciated. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!